Welcome to section four of the mini-series that I wrote on the phenomenology of identity. The fifth section is the concern of self-referentiality, the paradox of an I formation. Assuming that, quote, I, or what I call myself, can be both myself and not myself. It means that individuality exists, but only because it is indivisible and yet is discernible on the basis that an identity can be obtained throughout an entire series of choice. My main concern involves mistakenly understanding oneself as having special properties of personhood that give them the notion that they can discernibly give themselves a membership of intrinsic value that transcends basic human, the basic human mindscape and the dignity that it forsakes. Special qualities of the mind physical configurations, the will, etc., might discern what kinds of people we all are when accounting for what makes us different. However, I think these differences are noticeable, but only by relation and by placement within context. Otherwise, it is a shared experience and an, a nuanced perception of the variations that are experienced by almost all humans in general, and that can be defined outside and witnessed without need to define from within. Within is always the proper site because without is the structure of knowing things, contain multitude, and need initial prompting to understand and integrate into. Internal recognition, external recognition are windows into how we choose to see others. That may reinforce the choices and actions that may be met by the individual as a pre-initiate and post-initiate quality of selfhood. In other words, by interacting with others, the sense of being removed from or alienated by or interpreted as such may mirror what it is you see yourself as when reflected off the negation of yourself. Emerging out of an individual identity can attain identities in general, which may or may not be a part of the whole group based on the internal status of one's ability to act or the capacity to see oneself with more unalterable qualities. It should be noted that we have seen many acts of will and mind that transcend what the physical world intends for an individual. For instance, we give ourselves ideas about what we are and enforce them no matter how lacking in wisdom and experience it is. Even well-substantiated science holds its dogma of acceptances of its atomicity of the pursuit of its own task of organizing methods, conducting experiments, and claiming the highest uh, value of truth in figuring out how to understand the physical environments in a way in which we look into the natural world. The observable, observables are always seen as they are and not as they truly appear after all. The differences in the appearance of reality and the truth about what it is we are seeing, and more importantly not seeing. Empirically speaking, we rest nowhere and assume extreme skepticism and according to this model, we can't ever know who we are exactly and who I am because our being is in question and always stands and falls whenever there is something newly observed. The next step in defining experience rests on how we understand what observing things does to the thing itself. To understand what something is rests on what kinds of knowledge we have on the experience and lack of experience the very act of observing has on our, our most updated conclusions. What there is and what there isn't is presumed, and it is always only presumed. Knowledge is provisional, so as a template for a shared identity, we see that identities have gaps and can be closed when the envelop and push 
far enough that any size gap can get filled in, but only through the connection an individual willingly makes. We build our bridges, but the bridges have already been built. In the origins of human identity, we see just what is possible to call oneself, and the answer, I believe, is that we can call ourselves whatever we will, only that a game of foolishness and absurdity will thrive. We use metaphor to describe ourselves and others, whether accurately or not. When I refer to us, I'm talking about one thing while ta talking to many people. As if I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to me. As in, I feel that each phenomena of sensing my individuality is always the same anywhere. It's sensed, but contains something different within the same sense. Maybe then there is nothing to divide, and it always remains indivisible and cannot be multiplied, but remains one. We, we are not simultaneously something and not something, and nor is it a potential defining nature that can be enforceable under my current understanding of human identity in general. Enforcing labels and calling people names is more and more absurd the more we expand on what constitutes what individuality is supposed to consist of. If at all, we can label only by the presence of what kinds of things we invoke. The, the means by which we are caused and evoked are still unclear and only postulated as being possible and, and some remain obscure. Speculating on our perspectives and observations grant the internal acceptance of our own content, our frames of understanding itself, whether accurately or not, upon an interaction of a speculation with its own observable means. These are practices that are sworn on like occult arts as well as the working of the biological and physical forces in observation that reveal things to us but leave us at a standstill and how can we give power to explain what it is that happens to us and what it is to call ourselves from a place of lasting observable standpoints it is up to the internal framework of the one interacting with all modes of, of other frameworks that can make up the discerning qualities of what it is that can be said about them all it is not our business yet to know everything, but to investigate further with watching curiosity. What is good for an individual may not be good for the group. Similarly, sometimes simultaneously, the group may not be good for the individual and every individual comprising the group. If this is true, some groups must be dissolved for the sake of the healthy sense of individualism and individuals dissolved for a better collective identity. What then is it? Well, it must not be that collectives are individual entities, nor individuality a collective entity, for they both are one and the same, but not each other. Completion of an idea takes on the formula one plus one, because another there cannot be a stick that is held standing without another stick to lean back onto. Its effect rests on pushing up against something. Sticks push up on sticks, only if they weren't there they would fall. Which is why maybe arguments fail because the other stick really isn't pushing up against anything because it isn't there. The negation of the effect it has brings on the purpose of dialectical discussion and calls on the need to fill in whatever has been either un- or intentionally left blank. The unstated reality or un undetermined existence of it causes the feeling of being subjected to the removal of the self. It divides the sense of being from what it is and that it no longer counts as being what I am. It is perceived as not the same identity because it's dialectically othered, but it is still on both ends the same unified sense of being, presuming it rests with the same assumptive premises that cause it to exist in the first place. There is, as Parmenides would postulate, that there is always a third man ready to interact for every dialectical pull that is produced. 
to every identity it is that it is and is not the same quality of being and can only be derived from initiation accepted from within us all the individuation must exist within all and by itself due to the separation of forms seen and made by the differences of the whole identity that contain the individuals therefore it is finding out as a finding out process that we are indivisible and not because we are independent that we cannot be stripped or divided into independence seems to conflate itself into the speech of people when they claim to be individuals but it is not the case because true individuality is interdependence section six what is it to be a this being a this means i'm pointing to at something and just saying that it exists i am was and will be a person but not only that i am a good person i am saying this person is good this person is known to interrupt people this person is that way we hear people say this guy without saying what it is to be this guy the assertion hits but what it hits is not specified the one pointing to is being othered and is also being measured up to the action that describes her but is not being imagined with the same identity as just being a this it is a secondary reference to being generally this as a type of thing in the world these are all humans this one not this one it's that one this guy is saying this guy being my own descriptor at a moment and not mine as an ascribed in another is where the reference to that comes from occupants of thatness are always wondering why others refer to them in such ways that make them feel they are scrutinized and examined as a topic of inquiry that needs a revision sometimes interpretations of what can be considered mine is an identity of possession which is painstakingly protected things desired and considered mine is an attachment to the identity of which a relation is present between one subject and object or one subject to another we need to distinguish what we see as being an object of reality measured out over in another space so we can reflect ourselves in that image and cast ourselves as being this and not that an object constancy it is classically stated that between the two of us we can never be be what what we are what are we and what is it between us when a relationship ends we say that relationship that was hard to cope with but while we endured it it was this relationship is flourishing in the past it turns into that but will always be this relationship because it existed if this is the case then that means i'm referring to things from a removed perspective recognition of two states of being that are inherently the same reality is what makes reality a problem of indiscernible states of awareness i wouldn't know that something so different could feel like it's just as much in reality as the other one isolating and inspecting singular other points of identity starts to make otherness seem like it's valid but not at all unfamiliar or different when it's in the mind of its occupant it is one plus one equals two in a system of seeing outside and not within a constant accumulation conjunction seem to rule spaces between egos and spaces of reference in relationships of identity separated is counted as one plus one equals two which is perceived by one that is claiming the transcendence of the process of continuity after all the continuity exists alongside every ego and identity therefore is always still an inward looking spectacle even when it is externalized counting phenomena referencing its own internal continuity as being outwardly counted that and that are two things and this and this are one thing and one thing this one thing and one thing are two because of the dialectical other and inward continuity but that's still both this and this and that and this 
inward referencing and outward referencing and only one continuity of inwardness due to the necessity of it being what it is. One guess is that we took ourselves to be an identity that needed something that validated its own existing criteria. <laughs> there being that we are all this and not really that. A person is never really one thing and it exists as being broken up in two, so it is broken nor apart. This implies that individuality is comprised, compromised, with divisible dialectics that refer to separate things conceptually, but cohesively from itself into a singular, uncompromisable self. We call ourselves related to one another as in a relationship. We can only refer to relationship as this is something that is being related to. We interdepend on one another to relate and can therefore call one instance of re relatability to things when each has an interdependence in their own individuality. Being independent would mean having an absence of relationship and counsel, which is impossible when it's taken by relationship to the continuity of the making of the mind and the identity formations. Being all alone is not relational, but it is an identity because it transcends interdependence, and for nobody else, counting is purely and always just this in isolated form.